This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Tuesday, you'll be joining me on my personal segment, First Dips, where I bring you through some of the latest, most interesting ideas in the personal finance space, hoping you inch closer to the life you love while managing your finances well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Coconuts, I'm not sure if you have realised, but when uh, things are doing well, right? when markets are well, there's a lot of aggressive content, right? There's a lot of like, a, oh, how to invest, you know, like what is this? How to evaluate, you know? Like, is this the opportunity? There's a lot of these things going around and they get very high click rates. And when things are not doing so well, uh, when things are not doing so well, a lot of defensive content will perform a little bit better. Like budgeting, savings, what to remove from your expenses, you know, how do you plan long term? All these things start to do very well. So, as a mule of the algorithm, <laughs> and as your chief coconut, I am going to do a content today talking about budgeting, right? The 50, 30, 20 rule. Like how does it work? And I have a very different view of it, right? So I'm going to update this 50, 30, 20 budgeting strategy. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us, greater life we love while managing our finances well. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and welcome to my segment, First Dips, every Tuesday. We're going to do three pointers for all of you so that you become a little bit wiser in the personal finance journey that you are on. So yes, then today we're going to update uh, update the 50, 30, 20 budgeting strategy. And what does update mean? Uh? Um, update, update means I don't fully agree. Lah. <laughs> That's why we're here. Every way we tune in so that we become better, more sophisticated with this thing, right? So 50, 30, 20 budgeting strategy is a little bit basic at this point in time, which uh, basic doesn't mean bad. Uh. Basic just means it's consensus. Everybody agrees with this. You go to every event, uh, you know, every influencer, every talk, you know, everybody talks about it. 50, 30, 20 is like vanilla at this point in time, right? So what is 50, 30, 20 budgeting strategy? Very simple, okay? It is 50% needs. So that means amongst your 100% income, 50% goes to your needs, 30% goes to your wants, and 20% goes to your investments and savings. Simple, right? No, no need really to explain, right? What is considered a need, what is considered a wants, investment, savings. Between needs and wants, that is the biggest qualm that I have, okay, with, with this whole thing. And you know by now that I don't believe in the idea of needs versus wants, right? Because I believe that everything is a need. It is just a different level of need, right? And when you talk about things as wants, right? So, so what will you commonly throw into the bucket of wants, right? A luxury bag, you know, atas car, you know, restaurant dining, condo, you know, what else? What else? Right? So, so 
these are very stereotypical idea, right? No, all these are ones, uh, you know, you don't really need it to survive. You know, you 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 just need HDB, you just need public transport, you, you just need to eat hawker, right? So so that <laughs> And, and, and this is the reality, right? So, all these quote-unquote atas things or things that are more expensive, premium, luxury, all considered ones, right? And it's interesting. Why my view is that these things are not ones? Because they are really fulfilling a different set of needs, okay? In my view, okay? When someone buys an atas bag, they are not trying to fulfill a carrying need, okay? Like, <laughs> it's not trying to solve the problem of, oh, I need to put my laptop, I need to like, you know, go to work and I need to carry things. No, 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 no. It's, it's, a, it's a status symbol. It is trying to fit in. It is trying to, you know, feel like they're in power. It's trying to present a certain image. It is trying to, you know, believe in actualization because since young, uh, you believe that, wow, buy this Atas bag. Uh, it's like, wow, I succeed. You know, or buy this Atas car. It's like, wow, I succeeded. So all these things that are fulfilling your higher order needs, they are not survival needs, yes, you know, but they are, they are they're much higher order. And I always quote uh, Maslow's, right? So if you don't yet know Maslow's, please go and check out Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It is so far the leading, uh, one of the leading ideas around the different level of your needs. And what does a human need, right? And uh, in the higher order, of course, the basic things would be like survival, cleanliness, you know, nutrition, all these things, right? Basic things so that you can survive. And then as you move up, then there's a social need. Oh, you need to hang out. You need to feel love, feel cared for. You know, all those things are social needs. You cannot say there's not a need, right? And then there are all the high, even higher order needs. And, and the peak of this like needs hierarchy is what they call self-actualization, which gets a bit iffy. <laughs> what does it mean to be actualization, right? Uh, so it gets a bit iffy. But, but by that aside, that is not the most important idea. The most important idea is that Maslow has somewhat kind of put everything as a need. And I do agree that everything is a need in itself, right? So your insecurities, you know, your, your lack of confidence, all these are manifestation of your inner needs. You need other things. Right, so everything is a need in my worldview, right? Nothing is a want because when you put something into a want, you put it, uh, you put an evil bucket, right? You put it in an evil bucket, put it in a naughty list and then you, you kind of chuck them aside or you feel like you judge yourself when you own them or you feel like if you do this, right, people will judge you and then you have to like work extra hard to, you know, to, to substantiate why you do this. So need versus wants is a pseudo proxy for like good versus evil, Right, if you spend your money on all the needs thing, you're good, good. Yeah, wow, you're very good at budgeting. Very good, uh, very prudent, very humble. You're doing a good job. And then when you start to buy things that are wants, right? And then you're evil. Uh, this I am, oh, I need to spend money. Uh, no financial sense. Not looking at further, you know. But same thing, right? People buy Atas bag not to carry things. People buy Atas car not to get to places, right? It's to try to fulfill higher order complex needs. Which is why I propagate this idea of needs plus ways, right? Needs plus ways, not needs versus wants. Right. As much as we say that, okay, you, you have certain needs, right? They are higher order, not so easy to get. But are there certain ways that are financially more prudent that you can go about achieving these needs, right? Let's say socializing needs, right? You need to socialize, yes. But do you need to socialize at the bar? No, right? Do you need to socialize over alcohol? No, there are other ways, right? You can socialize over a morning hike, you know, and uh, there's a bunch of people that will do like yoga at Raffles Place on the weekends, Right? Why not you join them? There's not much money involved in those things, right? There are breeding exercises at botanic gardens on the weekend. So there are many other ways to go about achieving the social need, you know, the need to peace, the need to love. All these needs, there are many other ways. Even the whole idea of like you want to stand out, right? You want to be special, you want to be seen, you want to be seen as powerful. So you buy a very expensive watch. But actually, if you think about it, right? You buy the Apple Watch, right? Actually, it presents a different view. It's much cheaper. 
more techy, more savvy, but it also sets you apart from the rest. Right? Because now you are seen as wow, this person very advanced, very forward. Right? And, and society's view of you matters. On some level, it matters, right? Of course, it matters how you look at yourself, how you find peace with yourself. But depending on your goal, if you're trying to move up a social ladder, you're trying to move up promotion, you're trying to be managing a bunch of people, you have to fit certain social expectations of you. And if the social expectation that you're trying to go for is to be seen as different and special and stand out, right? There are many other ways, right? Apple Watch, you know, like you're seen as more tacky, color your hair differently, you know, and, and all these other things, right? So one by one, there are many of these things, but the base idea here is that all your needs are valid and there are different ways to go about achieving it. But of course, if you spend a lot of money to achieve those needs, you are depriving your future needs. Okay, you're depriving yourself of the future uh, money that you can potentially have, right? Your future expenses. And that's why with this idea as a backdrop, I want to update the 50, 30, 20 budgeting strategy, right? So that I can personally be more aligned and I hope all of you will be a little bit more aligned with this idea. Now that you see like, oh, actually all needs are needs, right? There's no needs versus wants. But there are many different ways to go about achieving your needs. So then how do I budget? So the first part of your budget, I would recommend about 30% into your living expenses. Uh, 30% into your living expenses. What constitute living expenses? Okay, very simple, right? Your makan, your hangout, transport, your shampoo, all those things, right, that people will traditionally associate as needs. Uh. These are needs. Uh. Without this, you cannot survive, right? You can put all of them as living expenses. You need these things to live, right? Of course, uh, we can go on a long, long discussion of like, do you really need this? You know, can you use house brands, over-branded things? You know, there are many, many other discussions that one we can develop as we go along, right? And then just for a quick dumping, right? You need to realize that a lot of manufacturers, right? They actually manufacture for many brands. So you, you go to the supermarket shelf, right? You see like this milk powder is like this brand, that brand, that brand. And then you see like NTC house brand. It's like NTC house brand not very good. Huh? But actually, if you can read the back and you understand a little bit of like what's going on with manufacturing, there's this thing called OEM manufacturing. Okay, OEM manufacturing, essentially what we call white label, right? The manufacturer manufacture for multiple people and then you, you can slap your brand on it. Right? So NTC milk powder may be a little bit cheaper or maybe a lot cheaper, but does it mean it's inferior? Nope. It does not necessarily mean it's inferior. Okay, a lot of people when they sell you atas, they try to sell you expensive, they're trying to fulfill a lot of more complicated higher order needs. They're not here to fit your living expenses, right? You're, you're not, you don't need to live off, right? If you think about live as surviving, as living like cruising through, you don't need all these things, right? So 30% into your living expenses, that's kind of how I would look at it. Like whether is it your rent, your transport, water bills, you know, your telecom, you know, some of these things. A modern day person, of course, if you live in the kampong, you, you know, which you, if you tune in, I love you, okay? If you live in the kampong, you realize that you don't even spend a lot of money, right? There's just no place to spend. Everything is on the streets. You can just pick it up, right? You can go to the stream and take water, you know, like, yeah, and then, and things grow along the roads, you know, it is true. If you, if you have lived in a kampong before, you have tried to live in a village before, you will know, right? The ability to spend is, is very hard. There's nothing to spend on, right? So money is not as important in the village, right? There are a lot of things that are free. They grow naturally. You just pick and go, okay? So, so it's very interesting phenomenon. It's a very different thing, right? But, all that aside, 30% of your money, of your monthly expenses should go into living expenses. And when I say should, I mean this is my broad advice. Lah. Of course, 
if you want to 20, 25, you want to 10. And it's up to you, right? You can make the decision, right? Today is a reference point, reference point. So don't need to harp on the percentage because I'm dead sure there is no clear, uh, <laughs> there's no clear definition. Why it must be 50, 30, 20? Like why? Why cannot be like 40, 40, 20, right? Like 442, like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a much longer discussion, you know, that, that we can go on. But the idea here is to recognize that there is a big bunch of expenses that you need to live. And if you're benchmarking it against 100%, I would think about 30% is a good uh, basis to start with, okay? Or the, a good ballpark to play with. Over time, as you familiarize yourself or as you, you know, explore house brands, eat locally, you know, change up some of your living styles, Right? then you can live in style on a budget, right? And, it's, and it becomes different, right? Then maybe your overall expenses will come down 20%, 15%. And then you can put the money into other things. So that's, that's up to you, right? But the first bucket that you should think about is your living expenses, which what we would traditionally call needs, okay? But I'm moving away from needs as an idea because it's like needs, wants, savings, investments, right? I want to move away from this terminology. So the first bucket is living expenses, the second bucket, right? Second bucket for today, uh, 30%, okay, should go into your fixed financial expenses. Ah, very different, right? And I'll talk to you a little bit more afterward from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so what are fixed financial expenses? Okay, quite simple, right? Like mortgage insurance, loans, you know, these are your fixed financial expenses. Okay, some of you may be rolling credit cards, which I really don't recommend. Uh, we can have that discussion separately. I think we're trying to do some TikTok, street interviews. We're going to ask people about like, you know, do you have credit card horror stories to share and those kind of things. Right? So, so that may happen. We'll see. Right? We go to Raffles Place and put our flag down there. It's like, hey, come sit, join us. Right? So we may do some of those things. But that's like, that's a plug for our TikTok. You can go to our TikTok and then follow us. We'll try to do different style of content for different platforms, right? But fixed financial expenses, essentially mortgage, insurance, loans, right? These are the few main things. Okay, why do I separate them out? Because when I look at these things, right, they are not as negotiable. Living expenses, you are negotiating with who? Yourself, your spouse, maybe your family. Quite simple. It is not that it is simple to negotiate. Sometimes I know very scary, right? And sometimes you are maybe at the your border already, you're at the bottom line, you can't really go any further. So like, how do you negotiate those things? It becomes hard, okay? But, but all that aside, all that aside, okay? What is important to recognize is that when you're trying to negotiate with financial institutions, it's extremely hard. Extremely hard. Not impossible, but extremely hard. Only when you are in a shitty state, you cannot pay back, then they're scared. It's like, oh, why not I take a little bit rather than not having anything coming back, right? So, so those things exist. Which is why for the modern individual today, uh, X amount of your income will go to these things, right? Insurance, mortgage, loans, right? These are the three main things. And to me, you try to cap it at 30%. Okay, and these are the things that really very hard to negotiate. Okay, and if you have it, it is what it is. And so with this idea, right, there's some people ask, hey, what about rent? Huh? If I pay rent, is it considered living expenses or financial expenses or fixed financial expenses? The answer is it is considered living expenses in my view. 
Okay? Because what happens is, if you cannot pay, then you shift out law. That's all. There's no financial repercussion. There's no penalty. There's no big upheaval to your quality of life. Okay, yes, maybe you shift out. You know, you need to get two lala move, go to the next place. <laughs> I get it. You need to bunk in with your best friend for a month. I get it. Okay, those things overhaul your life, but it's not crazy like fixed financial expenses. If you cannot pay your mortgage, they take back your house, they take back your car, you know, you, you lose your insurance coverage. And there are many things, right? So to me, this is a power status kind of thing. It is a what you can control and what you cannot control. You know, at least what you cannot control as readily, right? So, and also this, right, also builds on the idea that, oh, maybe you shouldn't have too much debt. Maybe you shouldn't take on too much mortgage, right? Because then you limit your life, right? If, if 100% of your income 50% go to your mortgages. Yeah, you may be making a little bit of an upside. You may be able to rent out. All that great, good on you. But what if rent don't come in? You know, and what if then now you have to sell down on certain things, right? That means you are restricting yourself quite a bit, right? Which um, I don't know if it's a position that you want to be in, but if it's your choice, you can go for it. But like I said today, I'm not giving you exact percentage. Oh, you know, uh, Reggie say must 30-30, you know, like, like, no, no, no. I'm just trying to give you different buckets to think about it, right? So living expenses is the first bucket. Fixed financial expenses is the second bucket. And the characteristics of these things are they're not so negotiable, not so flexible, and it can have very big adverse impact if you don't fulfill these expenses. Okay, so think about it and uh, manage this. Do you want to be very levered up? Do you want to have a lot of money? Uh, as in, do you want to like be spending a lot on your mortgages? Do you want to buy a lot of insurance? Do you want to buy a lot of, you know, have a lot of loans? Uh, I think we try to cap all these things, insurance, mortgage, loans, all these financial expenses at about 30%. Okay, I think that's a comfortable place to be in uh, and also align with the... the <laughs> The government standards. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so that is my position for that, right? So MOF can sponsor uh, a very friendly one. <laughs> I want to find a sponsor and I become like that. Oh my goodness. And this brings me to my third bucket. Okay. Third budgeting bucket. And that is 30% into future expenses. Ah, you realize I move away from the idea of investing and savings. Because sometimes those things get very arbitrary. Right, they get very arbitrary. They get very like, uh, so what does this mean? Uh? Like, what, what, why invest? Like, why save? Like, what am I doing this for? And to me, it's actually future expenses. Right? In the future, you will spend it. In the future, you either you spend it or you pass to your next generation to spend it, right? So consistently, you can think of it as an expense, but just not now, into the future. So 30% to your future expenses and it can come in two forms, right? Like I've said, either in savings or you can invest. Right, so it does not change the idea of savings and investing. You should still save uh, X amount. You should still invest an X amount, depending on your financial goals, of course. In fact, depending on your long-term goals, all that is fair. And we've talked about it many, many, many podcasts. You can go and listen to all of them. You know, I'm sick and tired of repeating myself. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but, but maybe we should have a program for that, right? Um, some sort of email sequence that new people join. And then we're like, okay, you put your email here. And then we'll send you all the things that you need to listen to as a basic. Then we can get you up to speed to consume the, the more higher level content, like what we are doing now, updating some of these things, okay? So I am not debunking savings, six months savings, you know, like a one month savings on your expenses. I'm not discounting that. I'm also not saying that you shouldn't invest, but I'm bracketing all of them as future expenses because I feel this idea is more tangible. You understand what, right? Oh, so I put this money aside so that in the future I can spend. It's a lot more tangible than investing, savings, you know? So I mean, savings is a bit more tangible, but investing is a very arbitrary, big idea, right? But what are you investing for? So that in the future, 
you can spend. And sometimes you are investing and savings for a future, a big future goal that's very clearly defined, right? Send boy, boy, girl, girl to university, right? Or, you know, buy an Atta's house, you know, or, or, or what have you, right? And, and all those things are future expenses, okay? So to me, 30% to your future expenses um, and you can write all the like delayed gratification, uh, those things, it's, it's all great, right? And to me, I consistently call all of them expenses, Right, so the first bucket is living expenses. The second bucket is fixed financial expenses. And the third bucket is future expenses because I think this is a way more palatable idea than like needs, wants, investments, savings. They all are very different in terms of character. And when you package them together, it's like, uh, so what's happening? But now if you think about it, it's quite simple, right? There's one bucket called living expenses. You have to spend this money to live and survive and go through your day-to-day -day life. There's another bucket called fixed financial expenses where you have to pay lah because you are essentially borrowing from a financial institution. You are tied into the system, right? And these things are not so negotiable. So you put them in a bucket and uh, you consistently pay them down, right? And the third one is your future expenses. You don't spend now, but you spend in the future. But meanwhile, while you don't spend this money, what can you do? Uh, you can save, you can invest, you can do what you need to do on them. But the consistency here is expense. So it makes it a lot easier and more palatable to understand, right? 30% living expenses, 30% fixed financial expenses, and 30% future expenses. Right, clear. Very clear. To me, I think that's way clearer than 50% uh, needs, 30% wants. How you define needs? How do you define wants? You know, 20% investment savings. Uh, what, what? So it's like, to me, 30, 30, 30, living expenses, fixed financial expenses, future expenses. Clear and, you know, sweet. And then you ask me, hey, Reggie, your math fail, huh? Hey, you do this financial podcast for three years, your math fail. Uh, 30, 30, 30 is 90%. Where's the last 10%? Say, yes, because no choice, right? I got to fit into a three-point in my, in my content formula, right? First dips is a three-pointer thing. So I must say these are the three points, right? But what's the last 10%? Last 10% is what I have been propagating to a lot of people. It's what I call the splurging account. Okay, if you have not consumed episode 72, my ultimate financial, uh, my ultimate budgeting hack, the four bank account strategy, please go and consume that. But this is important, right? The last 10%, I'll recommend you to splurge. And this is a very powerful concept. You open a bank account, okay, one month you make 4.4,000. Let's say median income, you make 4.4,000. I think at the end of this year, things may change. Like, but anyway, median income, you make 4.4,000. You put 10%, so that's about $400 plus into a separate account, right? And this account is for you to splurge. Okay, maybe after CPF, left 300 plus. Huh? <laughs> okay, let's say, okay, we take whole number, okay? Don't, don't, don't qualm over small things. Huh? $400 for you to splurge. You have one goal with this bank account, is to spend finish. But in this process of spending, how do you get good value? Where should I go? Right? How should I spend this $400? Right? Or, or maybe can I... Uh, put together two or three months and then I go Bangkok trip, right? So, so there is, there's one sole purpose in this bank account is very clearly defined for you to splurge, for you to try new things, for you to explore. And it allows you to find peace in all the other things, right? Because living expenses, sometimes you feel like, yeah, bopian, nah, this one I have to do it, man. Right? Fixed financial expenses, even worse, even more bopian, cannot negotiate, right? Future expenses are, okay, okay, in the future, in the future, my life will be better. But what about now? What about now, right? So this 10%, gives you that little joy in life. And to me, this is very important, right? And for a long period of time, I struggled with this, right? I, I, I actually had to come up with this system so that I tell myself to spend because I struggle with this. I have spending inabilities, right? Because I had very, very hard financial period for a long period of time that I'm afraid to spend money, right? But when I do this, 
I empower myself. I give me, I give myself, you know, freedom to spend this 10%. But of course, I limit at 10%. Uh. This one, okay, this one try not to adjust to like 15, 20%. Although the, the front three things, I say you can adjust. But this one, 10%. Uh. I think that's good. Right? And don't try to reduce it also. Right? Go and live a little. Have fun. Try new things. Explore. And then in this process, you can find a life you love. And don't always need to think of like, I'm going to like grind through my time now and then I'm going to like somehow come out better on the other side, fire. Okay, so I hope you find this system a little bit more palatable, easy to understand. I use a common denominator, right? Which is to expense, right? It's either now or later and or what, right? Different kind of expenses. And I do not make a moral judgment on certain things that, you know, uh, are like once. These things are evil. You shouldn't go for it. No, right? If, if this thing is something that you really want, you know, and it's like something that will meet your higher order needs uh, and, and there are no other ways about this thing, you cannot find a cheaper way to go about uh, to achieve this need, then okay, maybe it can be part of your splurging strategy, right? Okay, five months. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. This is a big splurge. Right, but that is for you to then define, and it's not like a moral, like a moral judgment on like, oh, this is a one you shouldn't go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So yeah, all your needs are valid. And I'm going to sum up today's point on like the new updated strategy. Right? What are the big buckets that you need to have within your expenses or within your budgeting process? And the first bucket is your living expenses. These are things that you need to live. Like. You don't really need me to define, right? Like what you eat, like, what you wear, your transport, your bills, your telecom, your Wi-Fi, all these things, like telecom, right? Like your phone bills are telecom, like, like wow. Our parents' era kind of word, okay? So, so your living expenses. And I will, I will put rent in this living expenses because if you cannot pay the rent, then you go to another place and live, right? It's not that difficult. The next big expense is your fixed financial expenses. These are expenses that are like mortgages, insurance, loans. These things are tied to a financial institution. And if you don't pay them, it is not as negotiable and you get very serious penalty on them, right? So fixed financial expenses. And the third big bucket is what I call future expenses. In the future, you're going to spend this money. It's just that at this point in time, you're not going to spend it. You're going to save them or invest them, have some sort of a delayed gratification, hoping that they can compound and fight inflation. And at the end of 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, you're going to eventually spend them. Eventually, you're going to expense them. It's just where. Right? And my rule of thumb, 30, 30, 30, I think is a good separation across these things. Of course, last thing is a bonus, 10% on splurging. Hopefully, in this process of splurging, you learn a little bit more about yourself. You know, you enjoy spending a little bit more. Like, ayo, many people work very, very hard. But when you ask them to spend, it's very hard. You know, and I was like that. And I don't feel that it's very healthy. La. I don't hate, my, I don't love my life. I don't want to do this. Right? And it makes me feel like I'm endlessly trying to escape it. Uh, yeah, so why? Live a little, have a dedicated splurging account, go and enjoy, have some fun, learn a little bit about yourself and find a life you love. With that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, 
Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group. We may have read it by this episode goes up. <laughs> Sign up our email newsletter, follow our TikTok, YouTube, Shorts, you know, everything. We are on every major platform and we're trying to create different content for you to meet your day-to-day life, right? And with that, uh, thank you for supporting us. I will see you next week. Hey Coconut, so yes, today is a special day, the release of Budget 2023, woo! and you know that to me it's a very important thing because as much as we talk about personal choices, you know, how to invest better, how to look at money, how to manage ourselves, manage our urges, set our goals and all that, I do think a big part of our personal finance is tied to government policies, right, like what is the government deciding? You know, are we going to change our HDB policies? Are we going to create a new CPF structure? You know, what, what is happening, right? Of course, I, I don't think those very big things will happen. Now. But you, you get the idea, right? Depending on the policies, it affects our lives. So I'm very, very happy to say that this year, 2023, we will be covering the budget together with the Rice Media team. Woo! So if you don't know Rice Media, you should probably check them out. I think they're the only... Uh, I don't know if I can say that, but I think they're the only left kind of independent media. (laughs) Kind of, because they got a lot of sponsorship. But anyway, I'm just very happy to be working with them. And later in this evening, right, if you're listening to this episode all the way here, later in the evening, we will be releasing the first of four Budget 2023 special episodes, right? So stay tuned and... uh, Follow our channels, all our channels, our socials, our YouTube, everything very closely because we're going to be covering Budget 2023 this two weeks uh, in as closely as we can, okay? And I think we have started Reddit, so go to Reddit. I think Reddit is a great place to talk about budget and we will see you on our Reddit. Take care.